This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Sons of Sceva, Demetrius' beef with Paul, riot in Ephesus, an appeal for order, Paul in Macedonia and Greece. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Haste, O God, to deliver me. Sanctified us. 
sanctified us in the true
A reading from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan, with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. To the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there are really two frightening things in our reading from 2 Thessalonians. The first is obvious, the lawless one. The lawless one is often also called Antichrist, even though that word is not used in our chapter. But he is the one who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God as Paul writes just before our reading, proclaiming himself to be God. Well, that sure sounds like somebody who is against God and also puts himself in the place of Christ. So, Antichrist, even though it's not there, is probably a good name for him. This man of lawlessness, the son of destruction, belongs to the rebellion that precedes Christ's coming. And behind all this is the activity of Satan who works through this man. We hear that this man of lawlessness will do false signs and wonders, and in that he too will mimic Christ. And thus he will deceive those who are perishing. Now those who are perishing are not simply victims. They are being deceived because they refused to love the truth because they did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. To look at this manifestation of evil and satanic power, who would not be frightened? 
and you look at the past where such manifestations or similar manifestations were. This year was the 500th anniversary of the death of the first Lutheran martyrs. July 1st, 1523, Jan van Essen and Hendrik Voss, who were Augustinian monks, the same order to which Luther belonged, were burned at the stake in Brussels. If you want to learn more about that, you can, on, can go on the webpage of the International Lutheran Council. The people who burned Jan van Essen and Hendrik Voss, they are part of that mystery of lawlessness. They despised the truth, but of course, they thought they were doing a favor. They were doing the work of God. Antichrist is not simply that which seems to visibly oppose God, but there is a reason why the Lutheran dogmaticians, at least some of them, put the chapter of Antichrist in the doctrine of the church. The Antichrist is in the temple of God. He, so to speak, is wrapped in the Christian flag, carrying a crucifix. So, are we frightened? Do we look ahead and think, well, hopefully not in our lifetime? Or we look around and say, it is our lifetime. Well, you shouldn't be frightened. You should not be frightened, because in the middle of our description of this man of lawlessness, we hear the words, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. Whatever evil raises its head, wherever men persecute the church, whatever manifestation of this godlessness, hatred to the truth is, it cannot stand before Christ. And Paul does not talk about some big apocalyptic battle. It's nothing like any of the Marvel battles. Jesus comes with the breath of his mouth. The breath of his mouth what seems to be the most insignificant, the most powerless. But of course, it's not simply a breath. It is the breath of Jesus. One little word can fell him. Neither the forces of the final rebellion, nor this man of perdition who makes himself God, nor the power of Satan behind him are a match for Jesus. As scary as rebellion and deception, love of unrighteousness are one little word, one breath of Jesus can and will fell them. So no, do not be afraid of the enemies of Christ. There is, though, also something, a second thing that is frightening in our reading at the very end. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God sending strong delusions 
That's scary. It's just as scary when we hear that God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Or when we hear that God gives up the Gentile or gave up the Gentiles to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies, that he gave them up to dishonorable passion, that he gave them up to a debased mind, to do what ought not to be done, as Paul writes in the first chapter of Romans. Yes, God's judgment happens not only at the last day. God's judgment also happens here. It happened with Pharaoh. Those who do not love the truth, who despise God. There can be a time in their life where God says, okay, if that's what you want, you will get it. These are scary words that God actually lets them have the falsity that they want and crave. So where are the Christians in all of that? We see the men of lawlessness. We see all those who follow him. Where are the Christians? Well, we have to go beyond our text for that. They're not mentioned in our text, but of course they live through all of that. They live through the time of the man of lawlessness, his false religion, his lies. They live among the men who refuse to love the truth, who do not believe the truth. You would expect maybe, now it's a time for some admonition, right? Right after that, there will be bad times, but don't be afraid, but now do something. But actually, what follows, right, verse 13 following, is a thanksgiving. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God shows you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and believe in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Apostasy, sin, vice. And Paul says, Thank you, God, not for all that, but thank you, God, for your work that you do also. Paul thanks God for his gracious election of those Christians in Thessaloniki and how this election comes to them through the preaching, how God has sanctified them in the spirit and given them faith in the truth. In the midst of lawlessness, in the midst of hate for the truth, in the midst also of God's righteous judgment over sin, there is also God who graciously carries out his choosing of men for salvation. In the midst of apostasy and deception, God makes and sustains Christians through the gospel. And yes, there's then also an admonition. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold fast to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by, by spoken word or by our letter. The gracious God has called them by the gospel. 
through the word that Paul taught by word, by mouth and by letter. And so the Thessalonians are admonished that they will have this gracious God among them when they hold fast these words. Here is the truth. Here is the truth that Christians love. Here is the truth that Christians believe. Here is the power of God that is mightier than the deception of the man of lawlessness and all his minions. Here is the power that is mightier than Satan. Here in this word of God, there is the truth that also makes Christians able to see through deception. However bad things are or will be, there is always reason to give thanks to God because God never stops doing what he does in the gospel, namely to call people to faith, to call them to Christ, to give them his gifts. And so the preaching of the gospel goes on. Whatever else happens, and the church, the community of believers, is sustained in all adversity and built throughout all times till Christ's glorious return, where, we, where he will make an end to the man of lawlessness, and he will overcome all of God's enemies. So, is it scary? Yes. Should we be afraid? No. Because Christ is with you. Amen. Stephanie Kenley, I install you as deaconess intern at Concordia Theological Seminary. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O oh God, through the grace of your Holy Spirit, you pour the gifts of love into the hearts of your faithful people. Grant help both of mind and body to your servant Stephanie, who now begins her term of service as a deaconess intern in our midst. Enable her to love you with her whole heart and with her whole strength to perform those things that are pleasing to you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Stephanie, go in the name of the Lord, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The Almighty and most merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you.
In our prayers, we give thanks to God for the birth of a daughter, Olivia Vanell, to Thompson and Erica Marin. We also give thanks to God for the birth of a son, Frederick Harvey, to Patrick and Grace Randolph. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son willingly endured the agony and shame of the cross for our redemption. Grant us courage to take up our cross daily and follow him wherever he leads. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Merciful Father, you add to the generations of mankind. This day we thank you for the birth of Olivia and Frederick. By the gracious working of your Holy Spirit, help them to grow in your nurture and admonition, that they may bring glory to you and serve others in your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us bless the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.